0: lord will bow in this place in jesus name every sickness bow every demonic oppression bow every rebellion bow every pride bow every fear bow every loneliness bow in jesus name where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom we pray holy spirit that you would rule and reign in this place today you are the spirit Where you are, there is freedom. Thank you for your freedom in this place. Just take a deep breath. Thank you for your freedom in this place. You are the breath of life. I pray, Holy Spirit, that your breath begins to revive, revigorate, rejuvenate, re-energize everybody in this place in the name of Jesus. Let your spirit quicken us even now. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead will quicken our mortal bodies. We pray for a quickening in Jesus' mighty name of everybody, every spirit in this place. In the name of Jesus, that our spirits would come alive to worship you how you desire in spirit and in truth. Now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you breathe upon this, the words that I'm going to speak. Lord, give me the words that you desire me to say, and I pray, Father, that our hearts would receive them and be like good soil that bears forth good fruit. 30, 60, and 100-fold. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody in agreement say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Um, Children's church um, um, leaders, you have the freedom to do what you desire. In Jesus' name. Uh, Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, I'm going to read from verse 8. And the Lord God planted a garden, Genesis chapter 3, sorry, I was in verse 2, chapter 2. Genesis chapter 3, beginning from verse 8. and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? Verse 10. And so he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I hid myself. I heard your voice in the garden, I was afraid, I hid. I heard your voice, I was afraid, I hid. And as I was praying, um, preparing for this message, I felt strongly in my heart those three sentences. I heard your voice, I was afraid, and I hid. Sometimes we ask the Lord to speak to us, and the word of God has been coming very powerly, powerfully from this pulpit. And we ask God to speak to us, He gives us instructions, He gives us clear things that we should do, and then when He speaks, when He says what we are to do, we get afraid. Lord, I hear you telling me to move. I hear you telling me to buy that. I hear you telling me to let that go. I hear you telling me to break off that relationship. I hear you telling me to forgive. I hear you telling me to move on. I hear you, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid of the pain. If I forgive, I'm going to have to face what they did to me. I'm afraid that if I step out on faith, I'm going to fall. I'm afraid that if I break off this relationship, I won't have any identity. I won't feel secure. I'm afraid that if I quit my job, you won't provide. I'm afraid. I hear your voice, I am afraid, and then I hide. I put on a mask so nobody can really see what's going on. I put on, you know, my religious, my religious talk and my religious demeanor so that people think I have it all together. I put on, I put on, I hide myself from the light because I don't want this to be exposed. God speaks, sometimes we get afraid and then the next thing is to hide. Sin brought a curse, we know, and one of the results of that curse is that we became primarily more aware of our physical, fleshly needs and this earthly realm than our spiritual needs. Adam heard God's voice. And in that moment, who knows if he had just confessed and said to the Lord what actually happened where we would be today. But the result of him running away and hiding and lying and doing all these things to pretend to be something that he was not, perhaps caused even more detriment. The physical realm became more appealing in that moment. The flesh, satisfying the flesh, became more gratifying in that moment than submitting himself to God. His true nature, his true spirit took a backseat. I want you to know today, that the world, the realm in which you are more focused on, the realm in which you are most aware is the realm in which you will yield to. The realm in which you are most aware is the realm in which you will sow seeds into. The Bible says in Galatians, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. If you sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you will reap everlasting life. Galatians 3, 7 and 8. The realm in which you are most aware is the realm in which you will continually sow seeds. Everybody in this place today was given 1,440 seeds. Minutes. And what you do with those minutes today, where you sow your time today, where you sow your energy today, which realm will you sow it into? You know, this weekend, um, it's, it's, I, I learned from my dear friend Elaine. You know, when I first moved to Minnesota, she said something very challenging to me about the commandments. And keeping a rest day, a Sabbath day unto the Lord is the one of the big ten that we treat as if it's like a side thing. Nobody will treat do not murder the way we treat. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Would you like it if somebody says, "Oh, do not murder"? That that went away with with the cross. Do not steal. That went away with with the cross. No. Now I'm not going to get into whether it's Saturday or Sunday. I'm not getting into that. What I'm saying is that the Lord commands us to set time aside for us to rest. To be with him. To let go of work. Six days you will work and one day you will be with me. One day you will be with your family. One day you will build fellowship and community with one another. Where are we sowing? Which realm are we sowing into? 1,440 seeds we were given today. Now the majority of that may go to sleep. Okay, so let's withdraw the eight hours from sleep or five hours, whatever you do. Um, And then the rest. Yesterday, let's take yesterday. Where did it go? Maybe to Target. Fresh time I like to go to. um, Where else? TJ Maxx. I went all kind of places yesterday. (laughs) I had some friends come and visit. I was just like, man, Lord, I feel like my time is like, If it it feels like a vacuum, something just fills that space right away. My time is not my own. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I got all these things going on. And I just said, Lord, you have to, because you're the one that gave me these things. You're the one that gave me the kids. You're the one that gave me the husband. You're the one that gave me the husband, then the kids, then the business. I got that out of order. Um, You're the one that gave me these things, these beloved treasures that you gave me. And so you're the one that's going to give me the capacity. You're the one that's going to give me the strength that even while I'm doing mom things, even while I'm changing the diapers, even while I'm making dinner, even while I am I am sowing seeds into eternity. I am sowing seeds into heavenly places. You have to learn how not to segment your life into Mary this time and Martha another time. Sometimes you got to serve and worship at the same time. Sometimes you have to sing in the spirit as you are, I don't know, doing the bath. Sometimes you have to, every time I pray in tongues, Rebecca goes like this. Cause she wants to do it too. She thinks it's a game. I'm like shit it it and she goes and I'm like, that's right, baby. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Where are you sowing your seeds today? The title of my message is based in his presence and led by his love. Based in his presence and led by his love. Adam and Eve had the privilege that we all sometimes wish we had. To be in the garden, to be in the presence of God day in, day in, out. Walking in the cool of the day with the Lord. The presence of God was literally the oxygen. The oxygen. Okay, it's my belief that, you know, oxygen, nitrogen, all these things. There was the presence of God. It was the breath of God that was breathed into Adam, and he became a living soul. They lived in the presence of God. The presence of God was the air that they breathed. It was everything that sustained him, God's presence and his word. And Adam foregoed that privilege for temporary needs. I've talked about this before what he saw, oh, the apple looked good to the eye, so I'm going to exchange eternal for a temporary fix. I'm going to exchange what's spiritual for a temporary physical need. And after he did that, the, 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 the model of the human being was flipped upside down and we were no longer spirit, soul, body. We became body, soul, spirit. We paid more attention to our body, we paid more attention to our mind and our emotions than we do our spirit. Jesus, through his body and his blood, became the bridge to reconcile us to the Father. Jesus said, unless you come through me, you can't access the Father. So now Jesus becomes the bridge, and through him we get to God. And through him now, no longer do we fly to Israel to go to the Garden of Eden, but the Bible says in the Psalms of Song of Solomon that we are a garden. That we are a garden. And you and I have have a responsibility to tend our gardens. You and I have a responsibility to to cultivate this garden inside of us for the presence of God to come and to dwell. The kingdom of God, the greatest um, message or the message that Jesus and even John the Baptist preached was that the kingdom of God is at hand. And Jesus even said the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is is inside of us. The power of God is inside of us. And beyond all that, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, is inside of us. And how would we conduct ourselves if we truly had a revelation that God is inside of us? 24-7. Wherever we go, whoever we're with, whatever we're saying, whatever we're doing, God is right there. When Jesus was baptized and he came up out of the water, the Bible says that a, whole, that the, a dove, the Holy Spirit, like a dove, descended on him and remained. Now, eventually, that, the, the physical dove, like, went away, but the Holy Spirit remained and rested. And, and Bill Johnson says, how would you behave if you knew a dove was, like, on your head or something and you didn't want it to fly away? You would walk so carefully, Every little step would be like, oh, I don't want the, I don't want, I'm conscious of the dove. I'm conscious of the Holy Spirit. I'm conscious of the presence of God. I'm conscious of Jesus Christ. And I do not want to do anything that grieves him or quenches him or makes him upset because the Holy Spirit is a person with a personality, with mind, will, and emotions, with things that he likes and things that he does not like. And if I have yielded myself to be the temple of the Lord, to be the dwelling place of the Lord. I don't want the guest of honor to be upset. I don't want the guest of honor to not be at home. I don't want the guest of honor to say, well, you know what, Elaine's house is much better than this. As tired as I was, I knew I had friends come in. So what am I, I'm gonna put out the nice towels. I'm gonna make sure there's you know nice soap in the bathroom. I gotta make sure there's. I like to use gloves when I shower. Make sure there's some brand new gloves in the in the in the room for them. Make sure there's water bottles. I cooked. They like Caribbean food. Make sure there's good Caribbean food in the house. As tired as I was, because I honored them. And sometimes we put our physical uh, uh, you know needs above the spiritual you are a spirit when God when God created Adam he said to himself he said let us make man just like us a spirit you are a spirit being you are not a stomach you are not sexual organs you are not you are not nothing you are a spirit and your spirit's priority has to take precedence over all those other organs your spirit has to take priority over everything as hard as it can be but the longer you die the more you're dead if that makes sense uh, a man that's been dead for a long time is really dead. But somebody that's just, you know, it's only been a few hours and they're trying to crucify the flesh. It feels like, it feels really like, like the thing just keeps coming back to life. Have you ever seen a lizard or something when you cut off its tail? And the tail is off, but it's still like moving. There's lots of lizards in the Bahamas. We had our science experiments in the playground. Cutting off tails and stuff. So after Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible says that they were naked and ashamed. They saw that before they sinned, they were naked and unashamed. After they sinned, they realized their nakedness and they are ashamed. What do they go and do? They go and cover themselves with fig leaves. They go and cover themselves with, with religious acts. They go and cover themselves with however they think is suitable to, to make themselves like how they were before. And that's what you and I do. But when we are naked and unashamed before the presence of God, what does that mean? That means that our soul is laid bare before the Lord. We say that there is no thing in my life that you cannot expose. There is no thing in my life that you cannot look at, touch, correct, heal, clean. There is nothing Now, you know, guys, I keep it real. You know, children have the most freedom when it comes to the body. You know what I mean? They're like wild. And and I said to the Lord, I was like, I started to pay attention to my children. And I was like, at what age does shame come in with nakedness? I'm paying attention because I'm trying to see, is there a relationship between sin and shame? It's just a theory that I'm testing out. I'm not saying, God, that, you know, when a child realizes they're naked, that's the age of accountability. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, is there a relationship between nakedness and and shame in the physical? But anyway, what does it mean to be naked and unashamed In the spirit, it means that you are bare before the Lord. It means that there is nothing that you will not allow him to shine his flashlight on. It means that you say, God, everything in my body, everything in my relationships, everything in my heart, you have access to. And I'm not ashamed. Even if it needs to be cleaned, I'm not ashamed for you to see it. I'm not ashamed for you to get involved in it. I'm not going to keep this mess and try to hide it from you because I'm afraid of you. The fear of the Lord is not fear of coming to God, it's fear from staying away from God. So when we are in the presence of God, and I don't want to talk so much about how to enter the presence of God, I'm sure you guys know that already, but I want to talk about the benefits of remaining in the presence of God. I want to talk about the benefits of dwelling. I want to talk about the benefits of being conscious of the Holy Spirit at work in your life day in and day out. The first thing is joy. You will live a life of joy. Acts chapter 2 verse 28. Acts chapter 2 verse 28. You have made me known, you have made known to me the ways of life, you will make me full of joy, full of joy in your presence. You will make me full of joy. If you consider yourself as a vessel, as a cup, full of joy to the brim. And then when that thing starts to spill out and overflow, then other people around you get filled with joy. When we remain in the presence of God, it does not We are not concerned about external things. We're not concerned about, well, you know, what's going on in the, we are concerned about what's going on in the world. We are. But it does not affect our personal joy. It does not affect our personal peace. It does not affect us because there's a river, there's a river in us that we are sustained by. There is a river in us. When the Bible says in Psalms chapter 1, we will be planted by rivers of living water and our leaves will not wither. Our leaves will not dry up. We will bear fruit in every season. Anytime there's a season for fruit, you're going to find fruit. The worst thing is summertime, you go to a mango tree and ain't no mangoes. I want a juicy mango. There's no mangoes. What's the point of this tree? We need to know how to tap into the rivers that are inside of us. Yeah, there's rivers in the church. There's rivers in the cell groups. There's rivers on the radio. I mean, you can find rivers externally, but you yourself have to know how to go into your room or into your car or into your shower. Because remember, we're talking about learning how to do things simultaneously. All right. For those that, that find themselves short on time and tap into that reservoir of the Holy Spirit. He is not way up there. He's right here, or right here, wherever you want to say your heart is. I like to say my heart is here because it says out of your belly, rivers of rivers and waters shall flow. We have to learn how to tap in. Let me give you an example of how I tap in. If I find that out of that 1,440 minutes that have gone by, it's been about a thousand. And I haven't said one thank you, Jesus. You know, I woke up late. The kids wake up before me, which is the worst feeling in the whole world, I'll tell you this. <laughs> that's the, that's the, that's the, okay. The kids wake up before me. I don't have any time to myself. And I just got to rush into mom mode. A thousand minutes go by and I have not said one thank you, Jesus. I have not sung one song. I have not. What do I do is that I literally like I'll do my head like this and I'll turn it as a prophetic act to say, Lord, I turn my affection to you right now. I turn my attention to you right now. I love you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. You are holy. You are worthy. Like I stir myself up. I stir myself up. It's getting a little hard. It's getting a little, you know, oatmeal that sat there for a long time. You maybe got to put some more water in it or some more milk. You got to put it back in the microwave. You got to stir yourself up. And that's what I got to do. I got to add a little water. What's that? That may be the word or that may be some worship music. I got to add some some heat. That means I maybe got to pray in tongues a little bit. I got to stir myself up. Because I realized that the longer I stay turned away, the longer or the more aggressive the flesh is going to be. The more aggressive or short my temper is going to be, the more short my patience is going to be, the more less gentle I'm going to be. If you think about all the fruit. The less faith I'm going to have, the less faithfulness I'm going to have, the less gentleness, the less long-suffering, the less all of these things I'm going to have. And I'm just going to turn into another animal. So we got to turn our affection. Just say, okay, you know what? I realize it's been a thousand minutes or a thousand, yeah, a thousand minutes, and I have not even acknowledged the Lord. Like that makes me really sad. The person that is with, the only person that is with me all the time. As much as Daniel hangs on my leg, he is not the person that's with me all the time. The Holy Spirit is the person that is with me all the time. And if I could see him, I wouldn't do it. You know, you're like, but I can't see God. But the Bible says that we don't walk by sight, right? We walk by faith. So either we believe that God is with us all the time or we don't. But if you do believe that God is with you all the time, then repent of your bad manners and acknowledge him. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Wake up in the morning. You say good morning to your spouse. Did you say good morning to the Lord? Good morning, Holy Spirit. How are you today? You know, this may sound trivial and childlike, But it was something that I was doing. I'm going to give you a little pearl. It was something that I was doing and I felt foolish for. And then somebody who I did not know ran up on me in a Denny's. Okay. And prophesied to me and said that the Lord likes it when you have regular conversations with him and you ask him how he's doing. And he said not to stop it. And I was flabbergasted because nobody knew that I would wake up in the morning and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. How are you today? And I would talk to him as if, as if I would talk to a friend. And I stopped doing it because I felt foolish. And I was in Danny's in Miami one time after a youth service late at night. And somebody came to me and said, the Lord said, don't stop doing that even though you feel foolish because he enjoys it. So that was a pearl for free. Begin to not um, ignore the Lord. You say, Brittany, but I don't have an hour to just, I got this and I got. He is with you all the time. Learn how to tap in at any moment. In the presence of God, you will have joy. Um, Psalm 16, verse 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness, fullness, full. Your joy will be full, full, fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. If you find that your joy is not full, you know, you got a little bit, but it's not like a pretty flower, it's not blooming. That's a sign that you need to say, Lord, I'm going to tap in. I'm going to tap, and I'm, maybe I need to drill a little bit deeper. You know, sometimes we get, well, I did tap in, Brittany, but it wasn't. Yeah, but did you, but you get a blip, and did you really drill down and tap in? Okay. The second thing is rest and refreshing is in the presence of the Lord. Rest and refreshing. Exodus 33, verse 14. This is, he says this to Moses. And my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. There's a place in God where you can be so busy or so efficient, is probably a better word, and still be find times of rest. You can still have moments of rest. You can still be in a season of rest. You can still, as a matter of fact, be in a lifestyle of rest. Even if you are busy, even if you have the most complicated schedule, you can still live a life of rest. What does it mean to rest? It means that if there was a chair behind me, I would just... Fall back, knowing that the chair is there is gonna catch me. I got no worries, I got no cares, because I'm resting in the bosom of God. I'm resting in the fact that God is God, and if he is God, if he can hold the title of God, then there is nothing he cannot do for me. And not only that, I am a child of God, I am I am one of his children. He is a good father, so therefore I am just gonna rest. I'm not gonna worry, I'm not gonna be anxious, I'm not gonna fret. I'm going to rest in the fact that God is God, I am his child, and I am in his will. So if those three things are true, I am just going to rest. I'm not going to allow the arrows of the enemy to come and cloud my thoughts. I'm not going to allow the arrows of the enemy to come and cause me to second out what God has said. I am just going to rest and say, God, you know what? That's on you. Jesus, you said that I must take every burden, every weight, and put it at your feet. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my mortgage at your feet. I'm going to put this sickness at your feet. I'm going to put my children at your feet. I'm going to put business at your feet. I'm going to put everything at your feet, and I'm going to rest. I'm going to do my part, of course, but I'm going to rest in the fact that you are God. Besides you, there is nobody else. Acts 3, verse 18 Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of God. The presence of God is can be like waves. You know, water is one of the main symbols or uh, analogies, if you will, f- with the Holy Spirit and with the presence of God, okay? So waves, like waves crashing over you, but not like in a, you know... Titanic or you know, storm, Jaws kind of way, but like, you know, the presence of God crashing in over you and it's just refreshing. It's like, ever been at Disney World or some kind of park in Florida and it's so hot and you just got to get that fan with water and mist all over your face? It's like just a refreshing a crashing over you. Uh, 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 okay, the worry comes in and now it goes out. The worry is there, the wave comes, the wave takes it out. The, the wave takes away the fear. The wave takes away the worry. It takes away the anxiety. It takes away the burdens. That's what refreshing is like. It's like a glass of cold water on a hot summer day. It's like the mist blowing in your face when, when it's so hot. It's like, it's like, I don't know what it's like, but it's, it's like, you ever been to the beach? Like a real beach? Like in the Caribbean? Like in the Bahamas? Like, no, <laughs> okay. It's like being at a beautiful beach and the sound of the gentle waves, the sound of the water. That's what the presence of God can be like. A time of refreshing for your soul. Not chicken noodle soup, but a time of refreshing from the presence of God for your soul. Psalms 23, 1 through 13. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down. in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Now I just want to lay down freely. I don't want to be made to lay down. Just lay down. Just lay down. If the Lord has to make you lay down, I think you probably got to a broken a breaking point. It's like humble yourself or be humbled kind of thing you rather humble yourself than have God humble you, right? Yeah. You don't want to have to be at a point where you have to be made to rest, made to lie down, made to take a break. Learn, take, if you got to speak to your husband, if you got to speak to your wife, if you, whatever you need to do, but find a time to rest. Nobody in this place is a, a robot, Or a Tesla where you just plug in and go, okay? You need times to rest and to rejuvenate. That's a law that God set up and you can't break that law. You break the law. You can't break the law. The law will break you. A lot of times God doesn't judge people. What judges people is the principles and the laws that he put in place. Times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. Number three... When we dwell in the presence of God, there will be a distinction upon our life. There will be a distinction. Exodus 33, 15. Um, And he said, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are on the face of the earth. When the presence of God is in your life, when the presence of God is upon you, there will be a difference between you and the neighbor. It will be a difference between your business and the other business. It will be a difference between... The way you cook and somebody else, there will be a difference in your family and somebody else's family. There will be a difference because the presence of God will put a dividing line between you. The Bible says between the children of Israel and the Egyptians. Between between the people that serve the gods of the Egyptians and between you. Between people that serve money and mammon and you. Between people that don't worship God and you who worship God. Between people that don't give tithes and offerings and you that give tithes and offerings. Between people that do not put God first in everything and you who put first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. There will be a difference. There will be a dividing line. And that's one thing that I am challenging the Lord on in a most respectful way. Lord, make a difference between me and other kids or other preschools. Make a difference. Why? Because I love you, because I serve you, because I want to honor you. Because when these kids come into this building, Lord, I'm thinking of it as ministry. I'm thinking of it as, as I'm literally a pastor for these kids. As I'm not doing it for money, I'm not, although money is great, but I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing it because I want to obey you. And you promise rewards for obedience. Therefore, I expect you to be true to your word and I expect there to be a difference between what I am doing or the results that the children in my school are having than other kids. You need to expect that the challenges that other people have in their marriages, you will not have. The challenges that other people are having with their children, you will not have. There will be a distinction. There will be a difference between you and others because you put God first. Because you find the time, you sow seeds into eternity. You sow seeds into the heavenly realm that you will reap spiritual rewards in your life. We have to expect this. We have to believe this. We have to pray this. We have to put a demand on this. No longer will we not stand out. We are the light. Jesus was the light when he was here. Now we are the light. When I walk into a room, darkness needs to go. When I walk into when you walk into a place, there needs to be a difference in the atmosphere. So when the presence of God, when we are people that dwell in the presence, when we are people that cultivate our garden, cultivate the presence of God, we do not abandon the garden of God in our life. The Bible says in Matthew that every tree that the father did not plant in our life will be uprooted. And if there are trees in our life, if there are things in our life that are bearing bad fruit, it is God's desire to uproot it. But we cannot hide when he comes to deal with it. We say, oh, God, yeah, that tree is bearing bad fruit. Like, I'm having a lot of unforgiveness every time I see this person. I get so angry. I get offended. I feel the adrenaline rising inside of me. And God's like, okay, well, go talk to them. No, 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 I don't want to clear the air. I don't want to clear the air. Oh, their birthday's giving, coming up. Give them a gift. No, you tripping. I ain't, I'm not going to do that. We go and hide. We go and hide when the Lord is like, Let me shine the light of my brilliance on that thing because there are rats dwelling over there. Distinction. The other thing is protection. Psalm 31, verse 20 you hide them in the secret place of your presence. From the plots of man, you shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. There is a place of God where people's word curses and people's gossip and people's backbiting cannot reach you. There is a place hidden in the shelter of God where people's desires to see you fall cannot reach you. You know, after the interview went live for my, my, the preschool daycare that I'm trying to start, I just had to, like, come off social media for a little bit. I had to make my profile private on Instagram because all this attention that I was getting was, like, everybody wasn't happy. That there was somebody that was claiming that a Christian school was going to start. Everybody wasn't happy. And then I had to pull away. And I was like, Lord, I could feel the words speak. I could hear the conversations. I could feel it. I'm feeling heavy all of a sudden. I'm feeling depressed all of a sudden. I'm so excited to start this school. All of a sudden, the press release goes out, and I feel sad. I feel scared. I feel, why? Because people are talking, and it's like sending arrows at me, and I have to go deeper into a place where that stuff doesn't affect you, affect me. There's a place in God that we can get so deep that you cannot be found by the enemy. What do they say about the deer? As the deer pants after the water brook. Because the scent of the deer, they can hide that as they get wet. Maybe I think that's how it goes. Where the enemy can't smell you. The enemy can't sniff you out. The enemy can't discern. He can't can't even read the stars to locate where you are. There's a place in God where the raider of the enemy cannot detect you. beep 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 beep, where's Brittany? beep 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 beep, can't find her, beep 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 Where's Brittany? She's hidden. Gil is hidden, Elaine is hidden. Can't find me. Hide and seek that never ends. Okay. So we're talking about, oh, let me also read, Psalms 91, 9 and 10. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you. No plague shall come near your dwelling. So today we're talking about based in his presence and led by his voice. The voice of God is one of the highest uh, levels of access to or one of the highest modes of access that we have as a child of God. The ability to hear and, of course, obey the voice of God is one of the primary privilege access modes that Jesus Christ has given us. And like I said, there's a place that we can get so deep into the presence of God that we become a trusted friend of God as they put me onto this scripture in Jeremiah 15 verse 1 it says this then the lord said to me even if moses and samuel stood before me my mind would not be favorable towards his people what is that about god wanted to execute judgment on a group of people and he said this even if moses and samuel came and talked to me i will not change my mind what does that say about moses and samuel they're God's friends they're God's favorites among a group of people he said I want to execute judgment so bad that even if Moses and Samuel came you want him to say that about you I want him to say that I want to poor I I may have this against Rochester but Brittany came and talked to me so I changed my mind Rochester is trying to let this homosexual agenda come in and, and I'm getting angry about it and I want to do something about it. But, but as they came and talked to me and I changed my mind. Brenda came and talked to me and I changed my mind. This, young, this man, gentleman, I'll, I'll say it, young gentleman came in and talked to me and I changed my mind. What is it about Moses and Samuel that put them at that point with the Lord? I believe that these two men were based in the presence of God and led by his voice. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. Let's look at some lessons from the life of Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Our first introduction to Samuel. We know that his his mom was unable to have children. And so she prayed a prayer and she said, God, if you give me a child, I will give him back to you. So here we go. 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'm going to read fast. You know this story. Verse 1, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days, there was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel lay down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, here am I. And he ran to Eli and said, here am I, you called me. And he said, I did not call you, lie down. And he went and lie down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel, and Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for thou called me. And he answered, I called not my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for thou called me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. And therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant hears. So Samuel went and lie down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called us other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant hears. Whatever you surrender to the Lord, you give the Lord access to speak to. Whatever you yield 100% to the Lord, you give the Lord the right To speak to God, I need to know what to do in my business. I need to know, you know, what to do about our finances. God, I need to know. But have you yielded 100% in your finances to the Lord? Have you, you want God to speak to you about your children, but have you completely yielded the children to the Lord? You want God to speak to you about, 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 a situation a spouse maybe maybe i should i want to marry this person you want god to tell you yes or no but did you choose the spouse before you asked god like did you get engaged and then ask god you know what i'm saying when we have made up our mind in one direction or another we don't really want god to speak to us if we say let me tell you if you say god i want to get married But even if I don't, even if I never get married, I will serve you 100%, then you're talking. But if it's like, but if you don't give me this blessing, things are going to change, then God is likely not going to speak to you about it. Because how many of you parents know? Sometimes you don't tell or ask your children to do something because you don't want to deal with the back talk. You just do it yourself. Why am I going to ask you to do something or tell you to do something if you're not going to do it? So you don't think God is like that sometimes? God, speak to me. Well, are you going to obey? What did um, Eli said to Samuel? He said, when you hear God speak to you again, say, speak because your servant hears. What does that mean, your servant hears? That means that I'm going to hear you and my heart is to obey you. Hearing means I'm going to obey. Pick up your toys. You know, they heard you. You know, they, 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 it went into their ears. But if they heard you, they would have picked them up. If they heard and realized who was actually talking to them, the authority that you carried, they would have picked up the toys. It was like Jesus who said to the woman at the well, if you knew who was standing before you, you would ask him for a drink and he would give you living water. You have no idea who I am. You have no idea. And so hearing is an ability that comes through reading the word. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by reading the word. It comes by the word of God. Faith doesn't just come from reading the word of God. Faith comes from hearing. You have to hear God. I feel like I need to break this down some more. The capacity and the ability to hear God's voice is a right to you as a child of God. The Bible says in John 10 verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And they follow me. My sheep hear, I know them and they follow me. The ability to hear comes from spending time in the word of God. And as you spend time in the word of God, then God can speak to you. How? All of a sudden, you may be reading something and a phrase jumps up at you. Oh, what? All of a sudden, you may be going somewhere and you have a thought. And you're like, wait, what what was that? And anytime you have a thought that's like, huh, what was that? Pay attention. And I told the youth on Wednesday, if it's safe to do so, and if it's not against the will of God, act out on that thought. A couple Sundays ago, I may have said this. I was, unfortunately, late to church, like every Sunday. And I was coming out of our road, about to get on 18th Avenue, and I have to turn left to get towards church. And um, I'm at the stop sign. There's a car that way, there's a car this way, but I go in this way and a car going that way and I have to turn this way. I have enough room to go, okay? And I go, and then I'm in the middle of the street, and you know what I do? I feel like I need to reverse. So I'm in the middle of the street and I reverse my car back to the stop sign. And then after the cars go, both cars are gone, then I go. And when I get by Assemblies of God Church, a little bit further than that, there's a stop, there's a light. And the car in front of me has the green light. The car going this way on 41st Street has the red light. And my light has been green for a long time. The car in front of me crosses into the intersection right under the light. And this car out of nowhere comes and smashes it. And I was the car behind And if I had not reversed my car, that would have been me on a Sunday morning on the way to church. The car was totaled. And I just had this thought, huh, don't go. Wait a minute. And I reversed. And I stayed there. When you have those thoughts, and it is safe to do so, obey. As you read the word, you are building capacity in your life to hear God. And the lie that we have been taught with, that causes us not to hear the voice of God is that God only thunders. Yes, his voice is like thunder, but it really sounds like thunder. Why did Samuel not realize God was talking to him? Because the voice was so familiar, he thought it was Eli. I got that from Boo. The voice was so familiar, he thought it was Eli. And so many times, God talks to us, but we don't pay any attention because it doesn't sound supernatural, because it doesn't sound spectacular, because we had no goosebumps, because the angels didn't sing. Or like I say, the homeschoolers didn't sing. I call them the angels. The homeschoolers didn't sing. We're looking for the spectacular, and we miss God in our day-to-day. Pay attention. The Bible says that when God, when the burning bush, Moses saw the burning bush, and when God saw that Moses turned aside to look at the bush, then he spoke. So God will speak when he has your attention. Give him your attention. Turn your attention. Turn your affection towards God, and he will speak to you. The problem is when he tells us to put the shopping cart back, we just don't think that's God. He's not gonna tell you something major if you're not gonna obey the minor. Put the shopping cart back. You got something off the shelf and and you don't want it anymore, so you just put it anywhere. No, go and put it back where you know it belongs. He who is faithful with the little will be ruler over much. Be faithful with the little, the quote unquote, little things that God is telling you to do. And you know, it may just be your conscience. It may not be God per se, but the Bible says that we are one spirit with God. So even my conscience, you could truly say, you know, that may be God talking to me because my spirit is one with God's spirit. So if it is safe to do so, and it's obviously not sin, just do it. And you are beginning to build capacity to hear God's voice so that when another pandemic happens or something, it's not going to catch you by surprise because God would have already trusted you with that kind of intel because you build a life of obeying the small things. Nothing is small in the kingdom of God. What you think is unimportant, is God is looking at your heart and your ability to obey, no matter how foolish, no matter how small. There are many identities that are found in Scripture. Is Isaac in the room? Uh, Jamie, come and help me. There are many identities that are found in Scripture, and, um, you know, one of them is called a bondservant. Josiah, come and help me. A bondservant is a former slave that... um, even though they have been emancipated, they have been let go, they decide to stay and serve their master. You know, we're no longer under the law. We're under grace. And we have a choice. Jesus, the Bible says, choose this day. Choose. It's your choice. I'm not going to force you to serve me. Choose to serve me. It's your choice every single day. Um, we have a choice to serve God. And we can be like servants. We can be like bondserv. I need someone to hold this mic. We can be like bonds. servants that um, say, no matter what, I'm going to yield 100% to you. Now, this is my little rope that I use when I take the kids to the park. And I look like I'm walking a bunch of dogs, honestly, but, you know, it's either this or I got to hold everybody's hand and I can't do that. So I don't care how it looks. I got a bunch of toddlers and I got to make sure nobody runs into the street. So, um, this is what it's looked like now I pray for your sibling relationship this won't have any effect in the relationship in Jesus name you go this way you go that way okay so try harder you gotta go that way and you gotta go that way no don't follow him you go that way you go that way Okay, okay, don't hurt nobody. But this is what it looks like when we are unyielded to the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Bible says of Jesus that he was a bondservant, that he humbled himself unto death, that he knew who he was, but he laid it all down to a life of obedience unto God. Okay, and that's what you and I should be like. A life yielded to the Holy Spirit means that I give you preference. Think about when you come to a yield sign in the street. The person that's going, you yield. You say, okay, you go, and I go next. So a life yielded to the Holy Spirit, go that way, is that, yeah, yeah, follow. Follow. Go. You lead, Josiah. Is that wherever he goes, we go. Wherever. if Keep going. As long as this robe keep going. That wherever he goes, we go. We're not going to say, no, Lord, I ain't really feel like, I. I know. Okay, 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 I keep going. But I don't want to apologize. I don't, I don't. Okay, I keep going. No, I don't feel like giving that offering. That's too much. Okay, I keep going. We keep going. The rope stops. So let's keep going. The rope stopped. So a life yielded to the Holy Spirit is a life of constant, constant. Now, the smaller you are, the younger you are, the more hand-holding there is. Okay? Literally, you could be like a baby, and he could put this rope on your hand, and every tug you have to surrender to. And then there gets to a level of God where he just speaks and you just obey. You don't have to feel the resistance. You don't have to feel the tugging. The more dead you are to your flesh and to your ego and to your desires, the less you're going to flinch when he tells you go this way or go that. You're just going to do it. You're just going to do it. I remember, <laughs> this has nothing to do with what I'm going to, thank you guys. You could undo it off your wrist. This has nothing to do with what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway because I feel like I should. And I need a joke. So um, the first time I ever sold $1,000 was by mistake. I was a student at University of Miami. And in the PhD program, I would get a salary, a small salary, like $2,000 a month, very small. And one month, they gave us double by mistake. They gave, they gave two months' worth of salary by mistake. So I had $2,000 extra than I should have had. And then I get to church, and Dr. Randy McLean, if you know who that is, he's like challenging everybody to give a $1,000 seed, and he says, do it for your spouse. Those of you that are single, sow and and write an offering and tell God what you want. I never told you this, boo. Tell God what you want. So I write this list of what I wanted a husband, and I sow that $1,000 seed. This was a Sunday night. And I was like, what am I doing? They're going to find out what am i doing and i was like god i'm going to trust you no matter what that monday morning we all get called into the finance's office and and like we get in trouble because they're like you should have said something we would have found out anyway and i was like too late i already i can't even give the money back like i i sold the money so i went two months on a one month salary because i Gave an offering, believing God for a husband. How many of you know I got a good deal, right? Amen, praise the Lord. (laughs) That had nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but it just came to my mind. (laughs) Obey God when he challenges you to give. That's what, yeah, that's how you round that up. Okay, obey God when he challenges you to give. I went two months, no food, but now I got a good man. Praise the Lord. Okay, um, let, me, let me round this up. So pray for a heart that hears God. Pray for a willing and obedient heart. Respond to the voice of God. When God speaks to you, he will speak to you when you have your attention. Um, and be careful not to go into a routine, okay? God spoke to me like this last time, so this time he's speaking like this, and it automatically means this. Be careful of that. That could be religion. It happened with Samuel. Samuel. When he went to anoint Saul as king, the Bible says that Saul was a foot and shoulders taller than everybody else. He was tall, he was good looking, and God said, that's the one. And then after that, he said, I'm going to give him a new heart. But David, when Samuel went to anoint David as king, he's looking at, oh, this one's the handsome one. That must be him because Saul was handsome. So he must, and No, he's the strong one. That must be him. No, it's not him. So Samuel even fell into a rut. Of thinking that God was gonna choose the most handsome because he did last time. So, in your personal life, do not think that, okay, this is how God always speaks. Yes, he has some patterns, but be careful of following into a religious rut because we think we know God and we really don't. I wanna admonish you today Adam heard God's voice, he was afraid, and then he hid. I wanna admonish you today. When you hear God's voice, do not harden your heart, the Bible says. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, verse 15. If you will hear his voice today, do not harden your heart as in the day of rebellion. Begin to listen, begin to pay attention, begin to yield yourself completely to the Holy Spirit and and dwell in the presence of God and you will find times of refreshing. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to share your word. We pray, God, that your people will live a life of rest in your presence, a life of joy in your presence, that they will be full. Can you stand? I'm going to bless you. Let's stand. Let's stand. Before we do that, I just want to make sure... That everybody in this place is where they need to be with the Lord. If you could just close your eyes. If you have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and make him Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to do that in this moment. Those of you maybe watching on the internet, God loves you. And he died and he bled so that you can live a life of his His joy, a life filled of surrender, a life where you do not have to take responsibility. Where as long as you obey him, he will take responsibility for you. He will protect you. He will guide you. He will lead you. And he will allow you to have eternal life with him. If you have not recognized that you have a need for a savior and that Jesus bled and died for you and you have not given your life to him, I want to invite you to do so in this moment. If you want to raise your hand, I'll pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for everyone in this place. Thank you for for the household of faith. Lord, I speak your blessing upon your people in Jesus' mighty name. I release the blessing of God. I thank you, God, that everybody in this place has the ability and the capacity to hear and to obey your voice. In Jesus' name, I thank you that nobody in this place is an orphan. Thank you for the spirit of adoption by which everyone can cry out, Abba, Father. And you are our Father, which means we are sons of God, and your sons are led by your spirit. Lead everybody in this place, oh God, by your spirit. Let them not make wrong decisions. Let them not ear to the left or to the right. But Pray, God, that they will be completely yielded and surrendered to you in Jesus' mighty name. Father, every step that they take, I pray, God, for the fear of the Lord, the trust of the Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that each person would have a knowing and a confidence, God, because faith can only begin where the will of God is known. Make your will known, God, so that it will not be wishful thinking on their part. Make your will known, God, so it wouldn't just be human desire, but they would know without a shadow of a doubt that you are speaking and leading them in the way that they should go. I thank you, Father God, and I pray blessings upon this week. I pray upon their work, upon their businesses, God, that you would make a distinction between everybody in this place and the people of this world, that our families, that our marriages, that our children, that our businesses, that our employment would be better because we are there. In Jesus' mighty name, I thank you, God, that no matter what is happening in the Dow Jones, in the stock market, anywhere else, God, you have protected us. As you have kept us in Jesus' name. And there will be a distinction. There will be a marked notable difference between the people of God and between the people of this world. Right now, I release the joy of the Holy Ghost, the peace of God upon everybody in this place. Let it bubble up and overflow. Your peace will not be shaken. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless y'all. See you on Wednesday or Saturday or Sunday, wherever you go. <laughs>